Hey guys, welcome to the Real Athlete Podcast. My name is Lexi Reed, and I'm a Division I cross-country and track student-athlete, aiming to bring awareness to the untold but very important real stories and insights of real athletes. This podcast features a variety of current and former athletes who openly discuss their experiences both on and off the field. This includes different challenges and obstacles they've dealt with throughout their lives and careers and how they've overcome them. These real conversations about life beyond the athlete identity show that we're all human and more than just athletes. So let's get into it. Okay, hey guys, welcome back. Today we have our first ever multiple guest episode and I'm super excited because um, these are two good friends of mine, but they're also huge inspirations to me and were a big influence in my decision to start this podcast in the first place. And so today we're going to chat with Taylor Ritchie and Nathan Broughton, who are the co-founders of the Mental Health Awareness Campaign, Damn Worth It, which I've talked about before um, in previous episodes. Um, I've been a part of it for the last two years and I'm just really excited to have the two brilliant minds behind the campaign on today to discuss more about Damn Worth It and mental health among athletes. So welcome, Tay and Nathan, and thank you guys so much for coming on. Hi, Lexi. Thank you for having us. We're honored to be here. Yes, yeah, so excited to chat today. Awesome. Um, well, just to start off, can you guys both give just like a little short introduction and tell us a little bit about who you are? Go ahead, Tay. Take it away. Yeah. So hi, everyone. My name is Taylor Ritchie. I'm a former Oregon State gymnast from Vancouver, BC. Uh, so I competed at Oregon State from 2013 to 2017 co-founded Damn Worth It my final year. And right now I'm currently in my second year of medical school up at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, BC. So super excited to be here. Uh, med school is kind of my full-time job, but Damn Worth It is definitely my full-time passion. So really excited to, to chat with you guys about it. Um, yeah, so my name is Nathan Broughton. Um, I was a born and raised in Colorado. Um, so Lexi and I have that in common, um, <laughs> but uh, went to Oregon State um, for four years and played soccer there. Um, and again, like Tay said, founded Damn Worth It, co-founded Damn Worth It in 2017. Um, and then graduated in 2019, in June 2019, and then pretty much right away started a job um, at Nike's Global World Headquarters in Beaverton, Oregon as a global procurement analyst where I've been there for a little bit over a year now. But again, like Tay said, um, you know, that again, that pays the bills, but um, damn worth it is really what gets me up in the morning and it lights my fire. So again, I'm always happy to talk about it, especially with our awesome team members like Lexi. <laughs> um, you're hyping me up too much. No, we're not hyping you up enough. Not at all. <laughs> um, okay, so obviously, like you guys were both student athletes at Oregon State. Um, did you guys really like know each other much before you came together to start this campaign, or how 
just, I guess, kind of how did your idea for Damn Worth It come about and how did you guys kind of connect to put that into action? <laughs> that's a, that's a great story. Um, Tay and I, I mean, the, the athletic community, even at a big school like Oregon State is pretty small. Um, so I, I knew of Taylor, um, and then I, I, she, we had, we both lost teammates and I'm sure that we'll touch on that, but we had lost teammates and we had, uh, we knew that both of us had kind of been through similar experiences. So, um, after one of our SAC meetings, which was student athlete advisory committee, I think it was Taylor asked to go to coffee and we thought we would have 30 minutes and maybe just sort of vent it out, um, 30 minutes turned into what, like three hours. Wow. We basically put pen to paper about what damn worth it was like at that coffee shop. Yeah, I think it's kind of weird. I, you know, it's three years ago now. So thinking back, it was almost like one of those moments where I had gone through what I'd gone through and I had known what Nathan had gone through. And really it was just recognizing that the two of us, even though we didn't really know each other, we had so much in common in terms of our experiences. So it really was, you know, had no idea what, what that coffee date was going to bring about. And you got to love coffee culture in Corvallis, Oregon, because <laughs> if it weren't for, weren't for their good, their good coffee, I don't think we would be here today talking about damn worth it. Um, like Nathan said, we just put pen to paper, created this base booklet of what damn worth it is. And we're so excited that we essentially went to office max and got a bunch of booklets laminated and spiraled to make it look super professional. And then walked into the Oregon state athletic department the next day and plopped those booklets on their desks and said, yeah. this is what we're going to do. Yeah. It's actually kind of interesting. Cause like, I think about it now, Tay and like, that booklet that we started that very first time that we met is still the booklet that we use essentially today to define what damn worth it is because we I mean we're on version like 92 of that document but like that document like we never really we were just saving different versions of the same document so really that was the <laughs> we still use that today essentially yeah that's awesome that all that came from just a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's Amazing crazy. What coffee can do. <laughs> <laughs> and you had mentioned that you had both gone through similar experiences of losing teammates. Um, can you just, if you're comfortable, touch on that a little bit more, just more of like the motivations or kind of reasoning for wanting to start Damn Worth It in the first place? Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um, we... So I had actually, uh, my mental health journey kind of started actually uh, like six months before I lost uh, one of my teammates. I had lost a friend um, from back home that I used to play soccer with, um, went to high school with. Um, and basically that kind of, obviously when you lose somebody close to you, it triggers a lot of, uh, a lot of emotions and it's, it's a traumatic experience, especially when it's somebody so young. And then about six months after that, lost um, one of our teammates, John Chambers, to suicide. And I think that was sort of like the moment where, you know, even until then, I had kind of pushed mental health to the side. And then after that moment, I was like, wow, this is this is something that we need to talk about. And it's something that is so unspoken. And, you know, losing John kind of triggered my mental health journey. Um, you know, I'd suffered from some anxiety 
depression, PTSD for, I mean, I like to think that it was only like a couple of months, but I look back at it now and it was over the course of a couple of years. Um, and, you know, that's really what made me passionate about mental health. And essentially it's what brought Tay and I together. Yeah. And, you know, kind of similar to Nathan going into college, I didn't have necessarily the most experience dealing with mental health. I grew up as a gymnast and I think that there's those challenges that come with being an elite athlete, but um, really where I like to say my mental health journey began was um, my senior year in college. And it was during my senior year that I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called alopecia. Um, essentially, it was at practice one day and I was doing sit-ups and had my hands behind my head and felt a bald spot. And essentially, over the next couple weeks, lost about 50% of the hair on my head. And, you know, as a female, and I think as a female gymnast, um, you know, losing hair, I think is difficult for everyone, but being involved in a sport where you're literally defined on beauty, just added this whole other layer of stigma and challenge towards that. And it's kind of one of those, those moments where, you know, you see mental health struggles happen with other people. And then when it happens to you, you're like, holy smokes, like, what do I do? Um, so really, you know, did what normal athletes do or not normal, shall I say, but typical athletes do, which is you stand up and you brush it off, push it down and keep going. Um, but similar to Nathan kind of had that second event happen a couple months later that really forced me to take a look at my mental health and, and address my mental health. And that was losing a former teammate to suicide. Um, you know, to this day, you you just it doesn't even seem real some days you kind of just wake up and you're like did this really happen um you know I immediately when that happened went into that total fight or flight response of checking in on all my teammates and making sure they were okay but really not checking in to see if I was okay and you know kind of where I had that moment where everything changed was standing outside her memorial in Dallas Texas and I just I lost it um you know couldn't go in um, my coach came out and I essentially broke down and, and said to him, you know, I should have done more. I could have done more. And how many, how am I going to get past this? And he looked at me and said, you know what, Taylor, you're going to be someone that gets past this by doing something about it, by using your voice, using your platform to, to make a change. Um, and at that time, um, Nathan losing John was, what 10 months prior to me losing my teammates so you know on Oregon State University's campus we lost two student athletes to suicide um so you know we talked about earlier that me going up to Nathan and us going out for coffee um that was about three months after that conversation with my coach and that's where you know we both came from these stories of pain and these stories of hurt um and these struggles with mental health and said what can we do and damn worth it really was was our response to here's what we can do about it. Yeah, that's thank you guys for sharing that. Um, it's heavy stuff, but it's amazing how you guys were able to kind of take those difficult experiences and really end up turning it into something positive and a way to help others. And um, since that kind of you kind of talked about the stigma that's associated with it and it kind of made me think the other day I was listening to another podcast and the guest was a well-known psychiatrist um, and he was basically saying that 
even before like the coronavirus outbreak, there was already a pandemic happening. And that was essentially like a mental health crisis, mm -hmm. he, I think he called it. Um, and I wrote it down because it shocked me, but he said that with regards to the COVID pandemic and the social unrest and everything else that's happened in this year, um, depression rates have doubled just within the last five months. So, I mean, obviously mental health is something that affects everyone and that's definitely being brought to light a lot more right now during the, these times, which is good that there's been more awareness of it, but there's definitely still that stigma that exists around the world words mental health or mental illness so I kind of just want to ask you guys like why you think that is like not just even among athletes or in sport but just in general why does it seem like there's that negative association with these terms like mental health or depression yeah no that's an awesome question I think it's something that Tay and I have thought about a lot um you know, I think one of the first things that we would say to people when we were talking about mental health was, especially as an athlete, like when you injure your ankle, like that's something you can see with your eyes. Um, when you, you know, when you twist the ligament, when you, you can see that, you can see that in an x-ray, you can see that in different things. So it's, it's tangible and it's physical. And what we would say is, you know, we take care of our physical health every day, but we don't take care of our mental health and mental health is hard because you can't see it. And, you know, for a lot of things, I think that that creates this, this area where it's like, you're not, it's, a, it's hard to empathize some, with somebody unless you've walked in their shoes. And that's why for, and you know, for me, even like Tay kind of said at the beginning, like, you see people struggling with mental health and it's almost hard to understand before you've been through something similar. Um, I think the other thing too is like mental health, like a lot of things gets a negative connotation right away uh, of like weakness of not being strong enough to deal with it when in reality, like we're all human beings and mental health is just another part of our health it's another part of taking care of yourself the same way that you try to sleep eight hours a day the same way you try to eat healthy exercise like those are all things that we do for our physical body um but for some reason we don't take care of our mental health like that and i think it's because of those reasons that we don't think about it we don't think about it necessarily as health it's almost like this it, it comes with such negative connotations um, but I think the pandemic has really kind of brought to light just how many people suffered with mental health either before or are suffering with it now. Um, and I think it's really brought to light this um, epidemic almost, this separate mm -hmm. epidemic of mental health. Yeah, you know, I'm a such a visual learner and, you know, how I view mental health is this, this spectrum. Um, so it's this line and on one, one end you have mental illness and then on the other end you have mental wellness. And the idea being that every single person, no matter who you are, exists on that line, exists on that spectrum. But 
where you go from a day-to-day basis or a season of life to a season of life, it slides along that spectrum. So from that mental wellness towards that mental illness and everywhere in between. And I think that, you know, people that were already on the mental illness side of things, dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, um, you know, when COVID hit, it just, it kept them on that side of the spectrum. And even those that were on the complete opposite on the mental wellness side, you know, COVID-19 hitting, isolation, loneliness, lots of jobs and income, you know, that naturally, I think, has resulted in a lot of our world shifting on that on that spectrum. And, and it's been tough. Um, but I think getting back to an earlier question you asked, you know, in the world of sports, which, you know, the three of us share in common, um, there's this extra stigma in the world of athletics. And you know, as athletes, whether you're a former athlete or current athlete, no matter what level of sports you're in, there is this natural label society has put on sports that athletes are meant to be tough. If you're playing football, if you're doing gymnastics or soccer or cross country, you know, you're seen as a superhero. You're seen as the person that, you know, fights and, and is tough at all times. And the world really only sees you on competition day or on game day when you have to put on that A game face. And, you know, I think as an athlete, I, you know, I can only speak to my experiences, but when there were those moments that I struggled, um, where I was having, you know, more of a mental health, you know, issue, I felt like I couldn't struggle because I felt like I had to be tough. Um, and I think it can be really hard for, for athletes to, you know, recognize that you don't have to be tough all the time. And in also changing that definition of being tough doesn't mean hiding emotions, but being tough means embracing those emotions and facing those emotions. Um, but just this whole other label of, of stigma that I think is added on in the world of sports. Yeah, definitely. I, completely agree with what you're saying today with there's that tough label that's often associated with athletes or that we think we have to be all the time but at the same time it's like kind of back to what Nathan was saying it's like you tear your ACL or you get a concussion and like you're you're out and no one really questions that because you know it's a physical thing like you can see it or you can get MRIs for it CAT scans whatever and it's something that you can see but when it comes to mental health it's like if you're you know you say I'm depressed like I need to take time off and it's like why you know there's that stigma still because it's it's the same thing it's still your health it's just your mental health and not your physical health but it doesn't it doesn't get that same like okay it's like an ACL that's why he or she can't play it's like oh she's depressed you know it's like so I think definitely like damn worth it has definitely got the ball rolling with, you know, addressing that among athletes, student athletes, and just the general population that mental health is just as important as physical health and needs to be valued as such. Um, And so, I mean, when I say damn worth it has gotten the ball rolling, it has come a long way since that first coffee date that you guys had. And I mean, over the years, it's received a grant from the Pac-12 conference and been featured in Sports Illustrated and the NBC sports documentary called Headstrong, which is awesome. And so I guess how did that 
really all happen? <laughs> I mean, like, how did it go from that idea at a coffee shop to just gaining all this traction and national recognition? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nathan and I were shaking our heads at each other right now saying, how the heck did this all happen? <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. It has. I think, you know, I think just like anything in life, it happened just one step after the other. And I think, you know, we we were just two people who unfortunately like had stories that a lot of people could relate to. Um, and I think, you know, the first step in our journey was sharing those and thinking about Damn Worth It more as a platform for healing. And, you know, we had started this thing talking about, you know, if we could just save one life, if we could if we could get somebody to the point where they're going and talking to a counselor, if we could save one life, like that would be enough. And I think, you know, unfortunately, like the timing of our launch too, like coincided with the death of Tyler Halinski. Um, and, you know, right away, like, unfortunately, because of the way that mental health and the stigma that we were just talking about, like people don't necessarily like to talk about it until it's like front of mind. Um, and so when we lost Tyler Halinski to suicide, the entire sports world took notice and um, we just happened to be launching on on the weekend. So that happened, I think, on a Wednesday. And I remember really vividly of Tay texting me and being like, hey, like sending me the article and you know, my heart just broke. Um, and that weekend on our launch, um, USA Today came to the game to interview us and there was news stations everywhere and you know part of me was like wow lots of people are taking notice but then the other part of me was like why did why did we have to lose somebody in our athletic community for people to start talking about it because you know we weren't talking about this a week before you know it would have been a pretty quiet launch and um but because of all of that you know we've been inextricably linked to um Halinski's Hope, which is the nonprofit that his mother and um, their family started. Um, but yeah, it's just been a whirlwind. It, it took, you know, we were just two people who shared our stories. And unfortunately, a lot of people could relate. But fortunately, you know, it, it also inspired a lot of people and um, it helped spark this mental health movement. Um, which we've been honored to be a part of. Yeah, you know, it's, there's been a lot of um, events that have happened or situations that have happened with Damn Worth It that have just been, um, you know, really hard to put words to in terms of timing and, you know, why is this happening at this time or why did this happen here and not there? And, you know, our launch was, was really one of them. Um, you know, I think during that time, a high profile athlete such as Tyler Halinski, it made the whole world realize, the whole NCAA world, the whole sports world realize, oh my gosh, we need to start paying attention to mental health in our athletes. And what was viewed, I think, as a proactive approach with Damn Worth It was really reactive for us. You know, it was our response after after losing two teammates. Um, but for the rest of college athletics, it was, what are we gonna do about this? oh my goodness, there's Oregon State doing something about it. 
and you know really damn worth it the startup at first game it was quite simple it was it was Nathan and I going on 24hourwristband.com and ordering a couple hundred wristbands that said damn worth it on it and passing them out to fans and and teammates during the the first damn worth it game and um, you know, it really started not out of much, but it was it was something. And I think that, you know, whenever whenever something tragic happens, whenever something devastating happens, um, you need to grieve and you you need to mourn, but you also need to hold on to a beacon of hope. And I think really, you know, damn worth it for for a lot of people in in college athletics during that launch time was that beacon of hope of okay, like this is where it's going to change. I think it's important too to like to say like, damn worth it was like a beacon of hope for Tay and I. Like you know we, when we came, especially when we were venting, you know we were frustrated and we were hurt and we were. I mean, we had, our hearts were broken and we had a whole community that was reeling from these losses and we weren't talking about it. And, you know, Danworth, it was also Tay and I's beacon of hope. It was our thing to hold on to, to, to believe in, um, you know, so we, in many ways, were saved by Danworth it too. Yeah, I think yeah. something something interesting about Nathan and I is that during our time as college athletes, we, we were both team captains. We were both SAC executives. So our student athlete advisory committee, we both were doing multiple other extracurriculars. We were leaders um, in the positions that we held and, and the titles that we had on our resume and, you know, to go to our athletic department and present them with that damn worth it booklet and to, to also present with tears of saying, this is what you see, but this is what I'm going through. Um, and we're not the only ones. I think that, um, I think that was a really powerful moment for us, but also a really powerful moment for, for athletic department and our community to see, you know, these were two leaders that you've been looking at the last few years and, and they've got their struggles and they've got their stories. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is another thing that a lot of athletes are, you know, when you're team captain or just a student athlete in general, you have that reputation that you feel like you need to uphold and, you know, not show weakness and be tough like you were saying earlier, Tay. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's crazy how it really grew so quickly and really mostly from these like real experiences and terrible losses that you guys and the community around you at the time had to go through. But now it's really expanded and become so much bigger than that. And, you know, going off of that, moving forward, I know you guys have some exciting news about the future of Damn Worth It that's being announced and made official right about the time this episode is coming out. So uh, do you guys want to go into that a little bit and talk about that? Yes, we do. <laughs> um, we have... For a very long time, I think Tay and I have known that we wanted to expand Damn Worth It and we wanted to grow it. And we went on this big speaking tour of the Pac-12 thanks to a grant um, from the conference. And, you know, what we found when we were going on this speaking tour is not only was other universities in the Pac-12 and across the country extremely similar to Oregon State in the way that athletes were suffering 
um, were struggling talking about it, but also we found that there were so many passionate individuals, so many people who wanted to make a difference, who wanted to kind of use our playbook to start things on their own campus. And so, you know, Tay and I kind of knew right when we graduated from school that we wanted to turn Damn Worth It into uh, more of a nationwide focus and turn it into a 501c3, which is a nonprofit corporation um, that really focuses on expanding um, what we've done at Oregon State to everywhere else in the country. Um, and so on November 14th, which will be exactly to the day, three years since Damn Worth It was launched to Oregon State student athletes. Um, we're going to be launching Damn Worth It as a 501c3 nonprofit called the Damn Worth It Company. Yes, and we are so excited. Um, you know, it's been a lot of work of, you know, try and figure out how we can make this possible and how we can, how we can do this. And, you know, we think we figured it out and we're going to, we're going to give it our best shot with launching of this company and, you know, essentially the biggest piece of the Damn Worth It company is going to be to help different schools at all levels across the country start Damn Worth It branches on their campus, um, providing them with that how-to booklet version 93 um, from day one. That's going to give them a step-by-step -step guide of how they can build a Damn Worth It branch on their campus, just like we did at Oregon State, providing them with mentorship um, creating a community of mental health leaders from across the NCAA. Um, you know, that's really the goal. Um, it's our mission to have every school across the country have some version of a damn worth it branch on their campus because we've seen the impact on Oregon State and we know the impact it can have of, you know, a peer-to-peer -peer model of students telling students that it's okay to not be okay and students telling students that we're going to end the stigma. Um, so that's really the biggest piece of, of the company that's going to launch. There's also many other pillars that are going to be um, kind of making this well-rounded organization to, to allow people to be involved, whether or not you're a student athlete, whether or not you're even a student. Um, we've got apparel coming your way. We've got speaking presentations coming your way, future Damn Worth It events. Um, really, November 14th is going to be that that first stepping stone into what we hope or shall I say what we know is going to be a really incredible um, forward moving future for Damn Worth It. Yes, that is so awesome. I'm so excited <laughs> to get to be, you know, a small part of it and just see this amazing campaign that you guys started actually be able to transition to becoming a nonprofit organization and just hopefully get to see these other branches of Damn Worth It start to pop up at colleges and universities around the country. Um, I mean, you know, being part of Damn Worth It for the past two years, I've had some friends who are athletes at other schools or universities, um, like ask me, how can I start something like that at my school? Or how do I even get that started? And so if any of you guys listening are wanting to start a mental health awareness campaign, a damn worth it branch, this is your opportunity. Um, how is there a way right now that they can kind of get in contact with you guys or with a damn worth it company to kind of take the first steps towards doing that if they're interested? Yeah. So Tay and I are extremely proud of this, but we 
we designed we redesigned the website we're super stoked about it and it's going to basically be the central spot for anybody that kind of wants to get involved and contribute to the campaign to the company so www.damnworthit.co so d-a-m worth it.co that's going to be the website that'll launch on november 14th um and that's going to be kind of the central spot you can figure out how to launch um a branch how to get involved in the other ways that tay was mentioning um also there's going to be our email address there as well on the website um, and a bunch of other ways to get involved with us whether it's through instagram twitter so i'd say that's probably the central spot for people to go yeah absolutely i think um you know following on social media is always a good step too if you want to start there but our website will have absolutely everything on it um and something you know those of you that are listening um you know we're not we're not um we don't want any barriers for schools to be starting these branches. Um, so us at so damn worth it company, you know, starting one of these branches at your school is going to be no cost. We're going to help you. Our company is going to run off of donations and the other pillars. So those of you that are listening, if this is something that you really want to bring to your campus, all it's going to take is you hopping onto our website, reaching out. And from there, we're, we're going to help you take that first step to, to launching a damn worth it branch on your campus. And one other piece too, as Nathan was spelling it out, we should probably say why it's called damn worth it, eh? Oh, there's my Canadian, <laughs> Canadian coming out with the first A. I did yes, pretty good. <laughs> it's been what, 45 minutes? Oh, the first A <laughs> the came first out. A. <laughs> so damn worth it. We're the Oregon State Beavers. So we attach D-A-M to almost everything if you're an Oregon State student or Oregon State alumni. So if you're curious, where on earth did the damn worth it name come from? The inspiration was wanting to let people know that you're worth it. And because we're Oregon State Beavers, we had to make it damn worth it. <laughs> Great. Well, that's awesome, guys. This is all so exciting. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, where it goes and when the launch, I guess, technically it'll be today when this episode comes out. Um, just follow that along and it's going to be awesome. And I guess now just to kind of wrap up and close out the episode, I just want to ask both of you guys, because this is the Real Athlete Podcast, what is one real piece of advice that you would give to any other athletes or really just anyone in general who might be struggling with their mental health or just going through um, a difficult time right now? Hmm. Wow, that's a tough question. Just one piece of advice. Or multiple. <laughs> it can be so many nuggets. We have wisdom. so many little nuggets from just experience, right? You know, I think, you know, I think of two, two, I'll give two pieces of advice. And, and the first being that as athletes, we are designed to move. Um, so I know that a lot of athletes across the country now, right now, you know, may not have a season, um, their careers might have just ended, um, they're retired or their season was cut short and um, you might be feeling a little lost right now. And, you know, I think one of the best ways that us as athletes who are designed to move to, to really promote mental health is to move, um, go outside on a walk go for a workout, clear your brain. Um, Cause it's in our DNA, we gotta do it. 
Um, and then the second piece of advice, which is which hits a little bit more closer to home for me, is that um, you know, for a long time, I thought that vulnerability was attributable to weakness. Um, so I was scared to be vulnerable. I was scared to show my emotions. I was scared to say, you know, that I wasn't okay. Um, but over the years, I, I have learned with my mental health journey that is still very much ongoing. Um, that vulnerability truly is strength. Um, and being vulnerable is one of the strongest things that you can do. So, um, you know, my advice to anyone listening is, is that it's okay to be vulnerable um, and be vulnerable. Um, have those people in your life that you can open up to um, because there are so many hands that are going to be reaching out to help you. Um, you just got to gotta reach out and open up to, to let those people in. Those are good ones, Tay. You always take the good ones off the first try. I, <laughs> I purposely spoke first. I know, so I know, I, I know uh, you did. I oh, felt yeah. that. I felt that. We've been in enough interviews to know that that's what you, that's, I know what's going on. Um, no, I would say, um, you know, I would say first, like, especially right now, like, I think it's so critical to realize that, like, it's okay to not be okay. Um the thing about mental health that we've already touched on is like it's not tangible and so you know people are still using social like social media is still this like everybody's posting their best lives it's hard to be like wow like you know my life is on pause this happened um quarantine i'm stuck i can't i'm i'm not where i want to be everything's on pause like it's really hard to be in that position where you're kind of feeling stuck or you're feeling lost and there's I mean, let's be honest, like my new level of anxiety, my new normal has increased over this pandemic. Like it's just, you wake up and there's, there's new news and, you know, COVID rates are increasing and there's all this anxiety. So like, I think the first thing is to like, be so empathetic with yourself and give yourself grace because it's hard and it's important to like radically take care of yourself, especially when you know, things are, they, we're in a tough scenario right now. We're in a tough piece of the world. And so I think it's important that people continue to be not only graceful for themselves, um, but graceful for others as well. Realize that we're all going through this together. We're all a big family. And so I think it's important, um, you know, to ask people how they're doing, ask people really how they're doing. Um, and I'd say the other thing, and like talking kind of specifically to athletes, there's a quote that I've shared a couple of different times that I really like, and I think it's really valuable, um, especially as athletes, where we tend to connect our identities to our sports. Um, and right now with sports, you know, on pause or they're looking different or, you know, school semesters got pushed back, like whatever it is, you know, we still connect our identities to those things. And there's this quote that says a bird sitting on a tree is never afraid of the branch breaking because it's trust is not on the branch, but in its ability to fly. And I really love that because it's talking about, you know, internal to all of us, like who are we at the end of the day, if everything was taken away, if you took away Nike employee, <laughs> retired athlete, like what, who am I at the core and I think that that's really powerful because your sport does not define you. What you do does not define you. Who who you are at the end of the day really defines you. So I think like really connecting your identity not to 
not to sports or not to different things like that, but to who you are and how you show up in those things, how you show up for other people, how you show up for yourself. Um, I think is a lesson that I would have loved to love to know as I was kind of graduating college and moving on from all these things. Um, so that's my piece of advice to all of our athletes listening and to anybody listening. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is some great advice from the legends themselves, <laughs> Taylor and Nathan. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on today. Um, as always, great talking to you both. And like I said earlier, you have both been such huge inspirations to me over the past couple of years and especially encouraging me to open up more about my own mental health and sh past struggles. Um, so yeah, you guys rock and thank you. Lexi, thank you. I, I gotta, I gotta jump in here before we end. And <laughs> I know that you are so humble, but I think it's important for those people that are listening, you know, you're the founder of this podcast, but you're also the vice president of the Dan Worth It Committee at Oregon State. So, you know, behind everything that Nathan and I just talked about on this podcast, you know, we've got a team of incredible students and student athletes that, that you're leading on Oregon State's campus and you're running the day-to-day -day show and really, you know, you're the ones that are making the differences today on Oregon State's campus. So, um, you know, from the bottom of our hearts, Nathan, and I want to thank you and, and thank the Dan Worth It Committee for for doing all that you do and, and helping us continue this mission and this vision moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think it's important to Lexi that like we are two people and we got the damn worth it campaign kind of far, but really it was the team. It was you guys, like you guys have been with us and we were looking at it like before our team of, Oh gosh, we had 15 last year and we have 11 or 12 now. Like, before that, like you guys really took it to a new level. So like, it, it really isn't too much to say that like you guys are damn worth it. Like I know that Tay and I kind of got the ball moving, but you guys are the ones who really put it on your shoulders and lifted it to a new level. So for everybody listening, I think the real star is Lexi, but she's too humble to say anything <laughs> Absolutely. about Absolutely. Not at all. You can't see me, but I am blushing. <laughs> so thank you guys. Um, but before you go, where can everyone follow both of you guys and then also Damn Worth It on social media? Oh, gosh. I don't even know my, what are my things. <laughs> this is your chance to throw in a plug for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me. I'm not very good at social media. <laughs> I don't really. We brought on other talented people to do that. But <laughs> you can find me at... at <laughs> Nate the Great. Oh Twinstead. no. <laughs> Nate but the Great? Yeah, that's, that's, your, your username. that's your Instagram username. <laughs> N Is it eight. with an eight? Oh, it's N with an eight. eight. Like oh, the eight. God. The Great 26. <laughs> that's who he is. It? Nate the Great. Yes. Wow. You've had it this but long then, now. No reason to change it. Yeah, right. But then you can follow, more importantly, you can follow Damn Worth It at. <laughs> at damnworthit underscore campaign um, and that will be changing very soon to damnworthit underscore company but for now yes. damnworthit just search up damnworthit it'll come up yes and then you can follow my personal account at tay ritchie uh, and so you know damnworthit is where all the good stuff is but 
if you want to follow along Nathan and mine's journey as well and our kind of movement in this company, feel free to give us a follow as well. We always respond to messages um, on all of those accounts. So so look forward to, to having some of you guys connect with us and, and help, you know, bring this mission of Damn Worth It even further than it is today. Awesome. Well, okay, guys, be sure to give the, all those accounts a follow and that's going to do it for this episode today. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Real Athlete Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and follow along on Instagram at the Real Athlete Pod for updates when new episodes come out. I hope you guys stay safe and healthy and have a great day. I'll talk to you next time.